The ascension is worth celebrating because it represents the fulfillment of prophecy. It marks the enthronement of Jesus and reminds us that the Holy Spirit was sent to be our helper. And we are excited about that. So this Sunday morning, we are going to celebrate and and draw our attention to this part of Scripture where we see the enthronement of our Lord in heaven. Our Savior is alive and He sits at the right hand of God His Father. Hebrews 1.3 He is the radiance of the glory of God. He is the exact imprint of His nature. And He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purifications for sin, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And that's what we're talking about this morning. Our Lord Jesus, who was foretold by the prophets, descended to earth as man, who conquered the grave, and 40 days later, as you could study in the beginning of Acts, and I think you actually had a recent preacher talk about that. We're not going to focus on Acts. That's another part that talks about the ascension. But from there, we know the 40 days. After this, he he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, his Father. And for this, we celebrate His Lordship over us and the Holy Spirit who He and His Father sent to be our helper. Not only do we remember what Christ has done, we need to internalize what this means for us. And I think sometimes this is where we fall short. And I'm going to walk through this passage because He helps His followers walk through this process. He could have just disappeared, but he didn't do it that way. And I think he leaves for us an example and helps us to see the struggle that they have because we have that same struggle today. We just don't want to read about it and forget about it. We want to reenact it. We want to read about it and understand how it affects us. So I last preached this 40 days after Easter. And if we were in Germany or something like that, that you would probably have a holiday, Ascension Day. It's still celebrated very much over there. Um, And actually, if you go to Berlin, Ohio, they celebrate it there too. But when's the last time you had a pie 40 days after Easter? We don't celebrate it in our culture very much. But my pastor was like, I would like to... Somebody to preach on this, so he had me preach on it, and I really messed, messed it up, I think. But, uh, you know, just to draw attention to Christ in our calendar and kind of see how those things were laid out. And, and who doesn't like another pie? So I think 40 days after this coming Easter, you should get some pies out, have a big celebration about the ascension of Christ. That's a great holiday to have and one maybe we're skipping out on. And, and uh, just an idea for you. And this is helpful. you got little kids to celebrate things. We celebrate things to help remember them. To help remember them. So, like I said, uh, if you're in Germany on Ascension Day, traffic would be thick. And the celebration would be grand. But here's the deal. Many don't realize what they're celebrating. Does that ever happen with our holidays? Sometimes, even with Christmas, we get all caught up in us just having gifts and maybe getting together with family and we're not celebrating the reason for the season. I think that can happen. I think I can be there too. 
And we forget what Christ has done and why we actually have this celebration. So we're going to read this story in Luke 24 and try to walk through and to remember some of the difficulties because we are still at risk of doubting that Christ ascended. We doubt. We doubt. Let me just talk about the 40 days for a minute because I think it's worth thinking through. And, and uh, you know, I, I wonder, the disciples, like when they got together for, you know, Jesus came to them, if anybody kind of caught the fact that this was 40 days after. And 40 days is obviously a big deal in the scriptures. We see that, you know, Moses was in the 40 days. Um, if the flood was 40 days and 40 nights. Moses on Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights. Saul came and taunted Israel for 40 days before David came. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days. So 40 days are significant. So maybe they would have been like, well, I wonder what's going to happen today. I mean, it's 40 days after his death and resurrection. And, you know, but they weren't thinking that way. We know that by their response. But we see this, and this as an intentional part. So I don't think it's worth glossing over because... It, it wasn't 39 days. It wasn't 56 days. It was 40 days. There was an intentional plan. And the ascension is a part of God's intentional plan. It is the fulfillment of prophecy that we see in the Scriptures. It's the exclamation point at the end of His ministry here on earth. We celebrate His rule over heaven and earth. We celebrate that Jesus and His Father sent the Holy Spirit to be our helper. We need that helper. You need that helper. You can't do this on your own. We're like His followers. We're quick to doubt. They spent time with Jesus. They walked with Him. They saw all these things. And when He showed up to them, they were like freaking out. So we need to remember. We need to know why this happened. We need to study it. We need to tell others about it. Luke 24, 36. I think part of my problem last time when I was trying to preach this, and it was bad. I mean, I wanted to quit right in the middle of the service, right? I don't know if the doubting was real or what, but I was like, I just want to be done right now. It's really bad when the preacher just quits halfway through. Uh, and it was, it was torture. I never really wanted to preach again after that. I think it's not the last time I preached, but almost. And so, um, you know, people were gracious and came up and said, I, I learned something out of there. I'm like, well, good. I'm glad you learned something out of there. But I think sometimes, like, we just make it too big of a deal, you know. And, um, and so I just wanted to read this scripture with you and walk through it and not overthink it too much. So let's look at Luke 36. And as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and he said, Peace to you. So what is it, what is, when you look at the scriptures, what does it say there right after that? And well, what was their response? He's, they're standing there talking. He shows up and says, Peace to you. What do they do? Oh my goodness. Right? I mean, we're actually pretty close to Halloween or whatever. I'm not even sure what it is. The resurrection uh, the... Um, there's other days more exciting to celebrate than that one. But, um, but they, they kind of freaked out, right? 
But they were startled and frightened. And they thought they saw what? A spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do, you, why do doubts arise in your hearts? So what did he do after that? He's like, see my hands? It's very practical. That's what I love. It's what we love, right? Because we, we can relate to these people. Can you imagine being there? Like, close your eyes for a second. Does everybody close your eyes for a minute? Just, I'm going to reread this again. They're talking amongst themselves. Jesus arrives among them and says, Peace to you. So just think about your response. And they say, But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, You can keep your eyes closed if you want. Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Picture this part. Picture this part. See my hands. See my feet. See where the, they wounded me. See where the nails went through my feet and my hands. Can you, can you picture it? Can you relate to their doubt? Can you relate to them being freaked out by this? But, but maybe a little bit's like Listen, they were there. How are they doubting? But we could say to ourselves, like, we have the Holy Spirit. How are we doubting? It happens. So here's what's kind of neat, right? Is that we get this story to help us today. We get to read this and to relate to them and hopefully help us in our lives. Anybody doubt here? Anybody struggle with doubt? I think sometimes we just don't admit that we struggle with doubt. I struggle with doubt. I was recently talking to someone. It's pretty fresh. So it's just someone. Not someone you know. And it's really struggling. Doubting their salvation. Really not even sure they are saved. And kind of boil it down to like, I, I get it. I believe in heaven and hell and... There's just some things I just don't get. And I I was trying to just, I said, think of Psalms 19 where it's talking about the stars and the universe and how God made all these things. He breathed out the stars. And we're standing in front of Him going, I don't know. This doesn't make sense to me. How could there be pain in the world? Why this? Why that? I was in Alaska, I was doing a filming project, and we were talking to this man about his experience with this locomotive that we brought back to Corey. That's why I was there. And they said, yeah, this is the man that was attacked and mauled by a bear. A bear has taken off his face, and they, they put it back on, and he's alive 11 years later. I said, I want that story. <laughs> you know, I wasn't like, forget the train, because that's what I was there to do. But I was like, okay, we got the train interview. Can I ask you about the bear attack? And I interviewed the whole thing, and I have it, and I put it online. It's, it's very interesting to watch. But when that bear was running towards him, see what happened is he was out there, and they were, they were hunting, and uh, bears are a big problem in Nome, Alaska. Recently, they've been going into people's cabins and just, just destroying the whole inside and finding food and stuff like that. And they're just, they're very prevalent. It's, it's very, like you take, it's like two hours on a dirt road outside of town. So, and we're almost in the Arctic Circle. You know, it's almost by, by Russia. It's way up there. So it's different than like, you know, other places that would be very populated. 
And uh, <clears throat> there's so many bears that there's like hardly any moose left because there's just so many of these, these bears. And, uh, and so they, they were out and this bear was in a hole and it popped up and came at him and he just couldn't do anything. It was 70 feet away and in seconds it was on top of him. But he didn't say to that bear, nowhere in the interview did he go, you know, this bear's running at me and I just thought, I can take him. <laughs> like, I really doubt the ability of this bear. No. And nor would you, right? If a grizzly ran into the church, we'd all be out of here, right? There wouldn't be anybody that has mental capacities anyhow going, ah, I don't, I, it's probably fine, you know. <laughs> it's like standing in front of a tsunami on the beach and you're like, I'm just going to stay here for five more minutes and get a little more sun. What's the worst thing can this wave do? But I think that's what we're doing before God. We're saying, he, he breathed out the stars. He made the universe. He created you. He sent His Holy Spirit to help you. You died on the cross for your sins. And we're standing there questioning His character. And going, well, this is difficult. I don't know. And we just kind of leave it there. And so He comes and He confronts these followers in a loving, kind way and leaves us this history. Leaves us, us to, to, to see this story as well. See my hands. See my feet. Touch me and see. For, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And when they had seen this, and he showed them his hands and his feet, and while they were disbelieving for joy, see, that almost sounds like contradictory. It's like, are you kidding me? Like where you say like something, but you're like, is this for real? Like you're so excited that you're like, no way. That's kind of their response to this. This is Jesus. It's real. Flesh and bones. And then to add insult to injury. While they were disbelieving for joy and marveling, he said to them, anybody got a fish? I'm hungry. Like, I'll show, I'm going to eat your fish. It's hard for a spirit to eat. I mean, if, if you know, spirit, like, the fish doesn't disappear. But there, you had a fish, and now there's no more fish. Like, this is a real deal. And he has a meal with them. I almost think like this morning, I wish I could just hand everybody coffee and a hamburger and you just sit here and listen. Because I feel like that's almost what was happening. Right? They're just, let's have a meal together and talk about this stuff. You have anything to eat? That was his response. You have anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish. And he took and ate it before them. And then he said, these are the words that I spoke to you while I was with you. I was with you. It was me. I was with you. And everything written about me in the law and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. This stuff is true. When he opened their minds to understanding, he opened their minds. This is important. What do we do if our minds are not open? And this was what I was trying to appeal to this young man when I was talking to him. It's like, I get it that you don't understand it and that you doubt. That is sin. That is our nature. And you cannot figure it out lest God open your mind. So what do we do? We cry out to Christ and say, don't pass me not. Don't pass me not. Help me. And he opened their minds. I think he had closed their minds because we needed to see the doubt. This morning, we need to relate to this because we are here. You just look around how we struggle and what we're dealing with. Like, 
it's evident that we're not casting our cares upon Christ. And say, well, I kind of do. Now, this kind of deal is not working. You've got to, like, completely trust. Otherwise, so much doubt remains. And really, it's sin. So if you're not casting your cares, if you're not crying out to God, pass me not, then you're willfully choosing to turn away from God. You're saying, like to the bear, like, I don't know. You know really, we're saying, we just... We just don't believe in God. And I think a lot of times in our church, and we go here all the time, well, well, of course I believe in God. No, you don't believe in God because it's not evident in the way that you're living. So what do we do in that situation? We cry out to God. We get to know Him. I need to do this because when I share, and I was talking to that young man, I said, this is good for me because I'm just like you. But when I give away my faith, then it, it helps me. There's two sides. There's two commandments, right? To love God and to what? To love other people. If you're not giving away your faith, you're only doing half of the commandment. No wonder there's consequences. No wonder you don't believe this stuff because you're not following His commandments. You need to be giving away your faith. Otherwise, you're like the Dead Sea. All the water goes in, but nothing goes out. And He opened their minds to understanding the Scriptures. And He said to them thus, It is written that Christ should suffer. He walks them through the theology. That Christ should suffer. And on the third day rise from the dead. And repentance and forgiveness from sin should be proclaimed in his name. To all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are the witness of these things. You're the witness. They were the witnesses. It was their job to go out from there and proclaim. He left him with this message. Who's left with the message now? Us. You. Are you proclaiming Christ? Or are you so doubting that you're like, I I can't even give it away because I don't believe it. And that could be depressive. You could like just stop right there. Or you could cry out to God, confess your sin, walk through it like these people, that they were with Jesus. Okay? It doesn't get any worse than that. They were with Jesus. They saw all these things. They lived it out, and still they doubted. So if that can happen to them, then by golly, it can happen to us. So don't get all prideful about, well, I can't believe I'm not doing this right. No, no, no. Okay, whatever. Okay. I know you feel that way, but it happens, right? We're fleshly human people, and it happens. It happened to them. It happened to you. But what do we do with it? Don't stop there. Get right with the Lord. That's a constant process, right? And we come on Sunday morning, right, to celebrate His ascension. But to get right in our hearts before Christ, head into this week, ready to proclaim what has happened in our lives. What happened by Him winning the battle, ascending to heaven, sitting up there as our advocate to help us and sent the Holy Spirit to clothe us in power. And then he says this, Behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. And then he says, you know, But stay in the city until you are clothed with power. Now we look at verse 50. 
I, I, I think, you know, to me, I, there's so much in that little passage. Like, we haven't even talked about the ascension yet. I don't know that we're going to get, you know, but to right there, it's just, is that not helpful? I don't, I don't know if you guys feel that way ever. Maybe you got your act together and you never doubt, but to me, that's like, that's like daily things right there. That's good. That's good because I don't always live for Christ. I don't want to stand up here and pretend I always do. I need it. I need to read it. I need to see that somebody else struggled with it. I need to cry out to God and say, pass me not. Help me. Let me cry out for help. We're not perfect people here. He didn't come to perfect people. But, but, but he rewards those who diligently seek him, as the scriptures say. Right? Hebrews 11.6, we must believe God exists. We must believe that he's the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And that's important. Verse 50. Then he led them out as far as Bethany and lifted up his hands and he blessed them. You know, it's interesting that when our pastor prays, he actually holds his hands up. Because we see that example in Scripture a lot of times. We see that example here. He lifted up his hands as to show reverence to his father. He blessed them. He parted from them and was carried into heaven. Can you imagine being there? What a glorious thing. To me, you think of World War II, Victory Day. You think of New York City when the troops came home and and they were just so excited. And this is the exclamation point on the end of Christ's ministry here on earth. He didn't just get whisked away. He went up to a cloud. He was ascended. It was a big deal. It was obvious. It was glorious. It was something that never could have happened except for God's power. And God wanted to show His power in that moment. And what was their response? And they worshipped Him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. My prayer this morning is that you would return from church after reading and, and, and looking at these things with great joy. Not condemnation. See, they, they were told that they were doubters. They were told they had a problem. But they left with great joy because they had great resolution. And that is okay. That we say, yep, I'm not there. I need help. That's okay. We cry out to God. He helps us. And then we leave that point excited. They were the ones to carry that to others. Be ready to tell others about the hope that lies within your heart. And they were continually worshiping in the temple, blessing God. Why the ascension? Why didn't he just go? Throughout scriptures, we see the unlikely happen because God and his handiwork does the impossible. He does the impossible. And so we, we see, I, I was thinking of the story of Joseph, and I was talking to this person uh, recently here and saying, just, you know, I, think, I think you really need to look back at like, stories of Joseph. It got bad for Joseph for like 13 years before he was exalted. So we see this process in Scripture. A lot of people 
of God went through a very hard time before they ascended back. Moses, about to be killed, he was pushed down the river, given to the enemy. Of all places to go, he was given to the enemy. They want to kill the child. Let's give them the child. And they'll want to raise him. Like, no way. Right? Totally impossible. He was a leader of God's people. He received the law from God on Mount Sinai. He was invited to the Mount Transfiguration. Joseph, he was the chosen, right? He's like this glimpse of being the favorite. And then his brothers threw him in a pit. And he was sold to Potiphar. And he was thrown in prison before eventually God... So it's like, it's like God said, I'm going to make it look so impossible, you would never think it was going to be happening, and then it's going to happen. To show what? To show the character of God. To show that God can make anything happen that He wants to have happen. Can He save you? Can He help you with the things that you're struggling with this morning? Absolutely. Absolutely. David. Little boy in a sheep field pasture. The last, the littlest maybe. He was handsome. we got all these boys here. Isn't there one more boy? There's got to be one left. Prophet knew. Sure enough. Let's bring him in here. Oh yeah, he's going to be the king. Look at this little scrawny one right here. Yeah, that's the one. I want the least. The least among you. Goliath? Who's going to defeat Goliath? Oh, the, that boy. With a slingshot? you got to be kidding me. Right? It's like impossible, but, but the impossible is possible with God. And we need to know that because we feel some days that those days are impossible. We can't make it through the week. God can't do this. He can do it. Now, we have to trust that it is His will and that we say, not our will, but Your will be done. We might want someone to be saved by cancer. We also want to say, dear Lord, is that Your will? How do You want this to happen? How do You want it to go? I had some skin cancer on my face and I just recently had, I've got a scar, you can come look at it behind here. I say, why? It's a pain to deal with. It's probably foreshadows more things I have to deal with. It's God's will. I'm okay with it. Show me how to glorify you through my cancer, through the difficult times, through that broken bone, through whatever it is. We can still praise God through those difficult times. So many stories where you could have said, This is not possible, but God said, It's possible. It's possible with God. Just even like Jesus coming and dying on the cross for our sins seems so impossible. To raise on the third day, impossible, but possible. Ascend to heaven, sit at the right hand of God, be enthroned as our king, possible. Didn't seem possible. They didn't think it was possible, but it was possible, and it happened. And we need to believe that. We need to be excited. We need to get a pie out and celebrate and be excited about the ascension of Christ.
This is the close of Jesus' ministry here on earth. He chose to have witnesses to His ascension as we are now witnesses with the Holy Spirit within us. This is the fulfillment of prophecy. You can look to Daniel chapter 7 and read about that word. He's going, but He and His Father in heaven at this point were sending, ten days later, the Holy Spirit to be with these people. He is taking His place on the throne at the right hand of God. John Piper said the ascent The ascension of Jesus is an ascent of joy because it means that Jesus reigns supreme over all of our enemies. We have a king in heaven. We have someone that is our advocate. So when you have a struggle, you have the Holy Spirit to help change our words that are all gobbled up and and present it to the Father to help us. Are we using that? Are we crying out for God's help? On a daily basis? If not, we're missing out, dear people. We're missing out. And I'm here as the preacher to say that we're potentially missing out. And now you've heard. I hope you internalize that. 1 Peter 3.22 says, Jesus Christ has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels. That's exciting. That's victory over death. Final points. The ascension is worth celebrating because it represents the fulfillment of prophecy. It marks the enthronement of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it reminds us, this is a whole more, the other sermon on the Holy Spirit, fun to study that. I love the story I preached here. Uh, out of John, where he said, I'm, I'm sending you the helper. You need the helper. They're like, we'd rather have you just stay here. No, no, no. That's not my plan. My plan is to send you the Holy Spirit to be your helper, and that's going to be better than even if I stay here. That was a part of God's plan, and that's who we have as saved people. It reminds us that the Holy Spirit is sent to be our helper. What should we do this week? We should pray against doubt. You can't do this on your own. He opened their eyes. You need to cry out and ask for help. We should fear God. We should believe it's true. We should fear the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. Our eyes are open to whole new things. I was explaining to this person, it's like, um, there's just things you're not going to understand until you understand Christ better. You're not going to understand how to love others until you understand your relationship with Christ No wonder all this bad stuff is happening to you. You don't understand what love is. You can't because you're not embracing it. My friend Dan Stanley, I I think he's preached here before as well, said, you know, this passage reminds us that because Jesus is in heaven, we have this advocate when we sin. You know, it's, 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 I mean, we, we do, we mess, anybody mess up this week? There's just one guy in the back, honest, that's good. The rest of us just messed up again. Um, we have an advocate. Who wants an advocate? What does an advocate do, right? It's like, it's like if a, a, you, know, you, you go to court or something like that. You've got somebody on your side fighting for your case. You've got an advocate to God who made the universe, 
who breathed out the stars, who formed. You've got someone right there making your case. That's pretty crazy, but it's true. First John two one, Christ our advocate. My little children, I am writing these things to you that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus, the righteous.